Yo, what's up? What's up? This is Brian Porter, uh, one half of the Invite the Neighbors DIY Music Podcast hosting squadron. Um, this episode, Benny wasn't with me. Um, they were working or something like that. I don't know, to be honest. But um, I'm not a babysitter, people. But anyways, this episode features uh, Maceteer, which is a punk band from the UK. Um, actually, the next couple episodes are going to be across the pond, as they say, when they can't think of a better euphemism for overseas. Um, but yeah, Maceteer from the UK, and then we also have Catholic Guilt coming up, and they are from Australia. So um, really exciting accents in the next couple episodes, but this is a really good just uh, one-on-one, me talking with Maceteer. Um you know, we just talked about all kinds of different stuff, like, you know, the differences between the scene over there in the UK versus, you know, what things are like here and, you know, what his influences were growing up musically. I mean, if you've ever listened to this podcast, you kind of know the types of things we talk about and how, like, kind of casual, loosey-goosey it can be. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, um, first of all, welcome. And then second of all, thank you. And this podcast is just, it's a music podcast where the focus is to not be like a normal, annoying, like stale interview, but rather like casual, conversational, you know, showcase the actual personality of the people, of the musicians and the artists and the DIY music scene. So that's what I'm doing here. I'm a musician myself. So is my co-host Benny. And yeah, our goal is to just showcase all the different types of people who are in this thing. So um, we're on Instagram, invite the neighbors. We're on Twitter at ITN Pod. Um, tell a friend, give us uh, a follow on Spotify, rate a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Um, it really helps a lot. And then we have a Patreon if you want to help support us. Um, Patreon.com slash invite the neighbors. Anyway, um, without further ado, here's the episode with Maceteer. Yeah, it's like it's it's like really convenient though for this type of podcast where like anyone who's like not able to come see me in person. It's I think yeah. it's like a lot of people use Skype, but I think Discord is the easiest one to record with. Yeah, that's sure. why I use it. Yeah, yeah, well, fair I don't enough. Know. Yeah, so your name's Dan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, Max yeah. is just a that's just a music pseudonym, but yeah, my name's my name's Dan. Okay. Well, yeah, dude, it's nice to like kind of meet you, you know, I always feel weird <laughs> saying nice to meet you when it's like this format, you know, but, um, but all, all the same, you know, we had to de- uh, delay a couple times and that's my bad. So I can definitely wait five minutes for you to figure out discord <laughs> after I had to reschedule three, four times. So <laughs> no problem, man. Don't worry about it. Cool. So you're from, uh, well, first of all, I'm really curious cause you're from the UK, uh, Bristol, right? I think I read. Yeah. 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 That's right. Bristol. Which so might, might as well be fucking Ireland, dude, because I don't know where any of those uh, places <laughs> are. Um, but I'm curious, like, how did you hear about the podcast? Um, so I, I found you guys on Twitter, um, and I I was just browsing Twitter one day. Um, I can't to be I, I can't quite remember off because it was a, it was probably about a month or two ago now when I f- first first got in contact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing you guys on uh, finding your, just finding your Twitter page and seeing that you kind of did that podcast with DIY musicians, and it was basically all about you know sort of DIY ethic. 
And yeah. I remember, yeah, and obviously that's sort of pretty much exactly what I do, like DIY sort of punk music. So I just thought I'd just drop you a message and sort of go from there. Yeah, that's really, uh, I was curious because the only other stuff that we've done with anyone from the UK was uh, there's this Punks and Pubs podcast, um, which actually I don't know if that's in the UK, but I just know that it's somewhere over there. Punks and Pubs? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that rings a bell. Okay, because I thought maybe there's like a connection there. But yeah, I know they, because they do like a, I don't know if it's like specifically DIY, but they do a podcast over there and, you know, just like punk music podcast. Um, but I did this podcast where I like, I had a lot of the DIY, like the hosts of a lot of the different DIY podcasts, like come together on, on one thing and they were part of it. So I thought maybe like if you follow them or something, but if it wasn't exactly that and you just randomly found us on Twitter, like that's awesome. <laughs> I'm just excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like I was reading, um, your bio a little bit, I mean, whatever you sent to me in the email and it said, yeah. You've played alongside some pretty cool bands like Saves the Day, like brand new. Like I can't remember the other ones, but like I'm curious, like how did was this like in previous bands or is this current band? Because it sounded like that this Macketeer was like something that's a little bit newer. No, it wasn't Macketeer is I actually started doing it in 2012. Um, so I started writing oh, okay. record writing recording music all the way back then. Um, and then there's just been several festivals and sort of like um, little. Like sort of like one day, like a bill of sort of punk bands and stuff like that that have gone on in Bristol or London or other places. And like, so like Saves a Day, we're headlining one of them, brand new, we're headlining another uh, one called like Hit the Deck, uh, which is, yeah, that sort of festival in, in the UK. And they were playing in Bristol when I was on the bill for that as well. Um, so, yeah, so that, but Macketeer was, yeah, it's been something I've been doing for a while. And then over the past about, between sort of like 2016 and sort of 2019, it went a bit quiet. I sort of, um, yeah, didn't do too much with it really. And then sort of late last year, earlier this year, I just started, started kind of got the, the itch to itch to do it again. So I recorded an album uh, with some songs I've been to, I, I was still writing and stuff during that period of quiet, but I, gotcha. um, I, 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 I just had a bunch of songs that I really liked and I wasn't really doing anything with them with so I, I kind of formed them into an album really and i mean they, they, it, what they weren't all written completely isolated from each other and so i kind of hope that you know they, they do flow into each other but yeah essentially i just i had this i had these bunch of songs and then i kind of thought oh you know this might be uh, this is it might be on track for an album here so i just wrote some more and kind of joined them all together yeah that makes sense that's like kind of like a like the longer it takes to do something i feel like the harder it is to like make it cohesively i feel like you're writing a bunch of different things like across like a large time period um which it kind yeah, of sounds yeah, like definitely. it's because like you'll have you'll have different influences based on like where you're at in your life or like what you're listening to and all that kind of stuff so i you know hats off to anyone who can make that happen uh so but you feel like is it a full length that you're doing or is it ep uh yeah well it's it's, it's 10 tracks so okay, short yeah. album very 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 long ep <laughs> gotcha yeah that's like it's like another thing too it's like depending on the type of the music it could either like you could have 10 tracks but if they're all like really short songs or something then 
like content wise, it might, you know, it might still only be like 25 minutes or something. Whereas like I'm working on for my band, like an EP right now, that's, I guess only like five songs, but it's also like 25 minutes. So. Oh, right. Yeah. A lot of it's about the song length, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the context and like the style of the music too. Like what, um, you know, like what genre are you going for? Because like, I, I gave like the, single that you put out a, a listen and it's more like the indie punk thing which you're gonna tend to get like shorter songs and stuff where like you know 10 10 songs of that is gonna feel like a full length where, yeah whereas like you know five five songs like i play more of like, like uh, this like dramatic sort of like art rock type shit where you know five songs is it's definitely an ep but i feel like that's almost as about as much as people can handle <laughs> of that as yeah as well, yeah you know you in, gotta, in like, a daydream right that's your band right yeah 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 yep so yeah i'm excited we're i'm almost done with this record so it's taking me like freaking uh over a year to record like, like 25 minutes of music just because i've had to like keep um like i can't afford the studio time all at once basically yeah. so it's just yeah like, yeah whatever totally. i can afford it it's crazy how little, um, or how how long, yeah, it takes to record like such. Well, you say like half an hour of music. It, it can take a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. And because obviously, like, although the songs are only a few minutes long, or in my case, they are the you know you could spend hours on the production side of it, um, just t- trying to tweak things, trying to get it to sound how you like. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's a, it's a long slog, and that's why because this is my this is my first album I've done. I've only done EPs before. Um, oh, okay. when, when I was doing the album I did think okay yeah I get why people do EPs more now because <laughs> it's it's yeah it's only 10 tracks so a short album but it's still you know there's it's a lot more work goes into that than you know like a four track punk EP you know oh yeah yeah it's almost like the amount of um, work that would go into like a four track punk EP would probably be it's almost the same amount of work that I would put into like a single because it's so long you know the songs are so long you know what i mean yeah. so it's like it's really just about i don't know you have to just like maximize your time basically and then think about like what's the best way to market it like what's what's the best like chunk of music to release like that's why i think like with the way society is moving what i'm getting at is like a lot of times just based on the way people consume stuff that like doing a single or doing like shorter releases or like even a full length that's like shorter on the shorter side is like a better way to make sure that people actually hear it all you know because like you could release like this you know hour-long like rock opera but if you don't have like a name established like how do you really think people are gonna listen to all of that you know what i mean yeah 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 exactly that that's totally it i mean that's where a lot of it's going at the moment as well isn't it just sort of releasing releasing a single or two every few months and you kind of, yeah. that's a good way to sort of keep people listening rather than, yeah, as you say, like an hour long rock opera. And if you're, if you're not on a, like a well-established name, then yeah, as you say, I mean, who's, who's got the time for that? Right. Especially it's, with Spotify and everything's so accessible, you know, you hear 30 seconds of a song, you know, so it does have its downsides as well, because yeah, obviously 30 seconds of an album you've poured your heart and soul into, people just turn off going to the next thing. So it's kind of trying to find that balance of, you know, putting out a decent amount of, stuff but also not overloading people yeah yeah and you know it's it's a bummer too because it's like 
you know, as from like an artistic standpoint, you know, you like the songs are your babies, you know, and like you put all this effort into them, like you said, you know, and then it, it almost feels kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say like cheat, but it just feels like you're doing a disservice to it. At least I feel this way. I can only speak for myself, but like when I start to think about like, all right, I just put over a year of work into this and now I'm talking about like releasing a one song at a time type thing where it's just like, it's meant to be listened to as like a complete thing. So it's like finding the balance of like maintaining your artistic integrity and like maintaining like the vision of what you had, like the vision you had for the record, but also like, and like, kind of playing the game a little bit like just like playing along with how people are consuming things and you know trying to make sure that basically it's like it's never going to work exactly how you want to <laughs> you know it, it, yeah it's really funny that you say that because that's exactly what happened on this album so there's i've got like i've got like an instrumental track on it called warsaw and yeah. that's just like it's sort of basically it's just like a one minute instrumental guitar and I thought that was going to be the album opener. I thought that would like, it's quite, uh, I guess one of the more atmospheric songs. I thought that'd be a really cool opener and I had it already. And that was going to be the first album on the track. And then I, and then I started to rethink it. Cause I thought, you know what? Like, yeah. Cause people just click on track one. And if they just hear some sort of like slow guitar, they, you know, that they might not want to stick around for it. So, you know, you, you need to have like maybe more and more of an explosive song as the opener, just from just from like a Spotify um, perspective. You know, and you say the way people consume music. So, I kind of did some reordering and stuff just based off based off that. Yeah, yeah, that's honestly like I put like the similar like the first song on my record is like an acoustic song, and it goes like. You after like two and a half minutes into the song like it kind of like explodes like full band like i guess spoiler alert for anyone who's about to listen to this record <laughs> when it comes out but um but yeah so like i was thinking like the way I, my work around with that was like all right well i'm gonna release since it's five songs like the first single is, un- is gonna end up being like track four or something so like yeah. people will hopefully like it and then want to listen all the way to that but then i'm gonna make the second single like right before I release the record, I'll make the second single track two so that maybe people will want to listen to the first one and see how it leads into the second one. If they like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You have to like tease it and like bait people <laughs> in a you way. So much thought into track listing. It's insane. And you don't really realize it when you're not the one doing it. And yeah, you, you, I, I agonized for a long, long time about what all the songs should go and what should be the opener, what should be the closer um but then it just got to a stage where i just realized i was just thinking about it way too much so i just hit send yeah. and it, it went on to spotify <laughs> so um yeah into the distributor so yeah sometimes you just got to go your gut instincts as well yeah i think honestly like i was the word agonizing is actually pretty pretty accurate like because i would do the same exact thing even with like five songs with like a couple interludes i'm pretty sure like i've had it on soundcloud playlists of like every single possible track order <laughs> just like yeah. trying to find the one sweet that spot makes me... yeah but then i realized too I'm like oh my god am i ever gonna figure this out but then i realized too like this is kind of like the life though you know like if 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 this ever becomes like a career this is just like part of the work and then i realized like oh my god i love this like yeah. this process so much more than like the tedious process that i would like encounter if say i you know my my normal day job 
you know? So I'm like, yeah. if this is kind of like, this is the worst can, part of it. Yeah. If I can get away with calling this work when it really just feels like tinkering around with my own art, you know, I'm like, all right, I can yeah. kind of deal with that. Yeah. I know what you mean. So do you have like, um, is there like a theme to it at all? Is it like conceptual or is it just kind of like each song? Is it its own thing? Um, it's more, it's, it's basic. Yeah, there is, there's no specific theme as such. So a lot of them are songs I've written over the past couple of years. So one's about, so it's a lot of my, my personal life has changed where I've kind of, I moved to a new city a few years ago. Um, I went traveling, I went backpacking around the States, uh, with a good friend. Um, oh, that's cool. yeah. So that, that was like an amazing experience. So that, and that, I, that kind of turned itself into a song, um, which might be the second single, um so that the songs about that is on the album uh a song that i really like um it's called henry chanaski which is um which is track four i think and that's basically about i started reading a lot of charles bukowski uh oh, okay the years and henry chanaski is one of his characters and i sort of wrote wrote a song based around that um so yeah it's kind of it's kind of different influences but it's stuff you know i guess like any artist you know, it's all like it, you, you're always thinking about yourself and stuff that's going on yeah. for you. So, um, so it's basically, yeah, it, it's just kind of just influenced by, by stuff that's just been going on, really, um, in my personal life and just just in stuff in general, really. See, like, I feel like that's so, like you laugh, like you know, like how much like artists like think about ourselves and things like that. I think that like if it's hard, it's harder for me to trust somebody like that's coming at you from an artistic standpoint but they're not they're trying to be like overly universal you know what i mean they're trying to like because like who are who was from my point of view it's like who is anybody to like speak for everybody you know what yeah. i mean like i i'd much rather hear your point of view and like in context of the universal rather than just like generally speak because it just it's so easy to sound super corny when you're just like trying to like have these like lyrics or what like themes that are just like so much bigger than yourself. It's, I don't know. I, I'm I'm more of like the stick to what you know. How does that yeah. relate to the bigger picture? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I know what you mean. And sort of just hope people kind of relate to what you're saying and yeah. what, what your songs are about as opposed to actively trying to go for like a an all-encompassing view. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to, and not everyone's going to be you too, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of overly ambitious. And I think that maybe that's like some people's thing. I don't know. But like, I mean, clearly it is. But for me, it's just, I don't know. It's hard for me to like trust, trust it. Like, yeah. from like an authenticity perspective, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so when you said you went backpacking through the States and stuff, like, where, like, how long were you here and like, where all did you go? Uh, so I was there initially for three months in 2015, and then I went back oh, for okay. another few months in 2016. Uh, so I started in, in 2015, I started in Boston, I went down to uh, New York, Philadelphia, and then we, we did like a road trip up to Vermont and back down back down to Philly. And then we flew to Chicago, then up to Alaska, uh, Anchorage. <laughs> And then we went down, we went down, I spent like a month going down the West Coast, all the way down to San Diego. So sort of stopping off in San Francisco, LA. I went to Portland. My friend went to um, Seattle. 
And then we spent another month in the South going through Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, up through um, Tennessee. And we finished in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, it was quite a long journey. And then I went back in 2016 where I had a friend living out in a place called Brattleboro in um, Vermont. So yeah. I went out. Uh, I went. I went over back over to Philadelphia. So I had some friends there, and then I went up. Back, went up to Brattleboro. Spent some time with my friend there. Just kind of enjoyed New England, and then, uh, then yeah, we did that for a while, and then went back home, <laughs> back to sunny, sunny England. <laughs> Dude, you've seen more of the country than I have. <laughs> well, you, yeah, it's interesting you say that because there's still there's still loads of parts of Europe that I've I haven't I haven't been to. It's, I think it's one of those things that you don't really quite appreciate what's on your back, on your yeah. back in your back door. Because um, yeah, I've seen way more of in America than I I probably have of Europe. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting, and I don't know. I think there's definitely something to that because when you I've lived in America my whole life, you know, and I think like. A lot of people from a lot of different places might be able to relate to this, but everything like once you see in enough cities in the United States that they all kind of start to feel the same, like, like the geography might be different, you know, like, or like the topography, yeah. like the actual, like the climates, like things are going to have like climate based differences and they're like subtle variances and like, I don't know, the layout of cities and like the politics of the city will change sort of like the vibe of it, you know, but yeah. more than any, like overall, I, I just feel like, there's like the same stores that you shop in like it's the same sort of like vibe from city to city i don't know it doesn't make yeah, me want to see all of them any less but you know what i mean like just yeah kind of like i think towards the end i think so i think if i could do it again i would definitely do more of uh, more of the country so more of the yeah. like, countryside and the scenery like when i was in california i mean looking back at now i can't believe you know i didn't go to yosemite you know that sort of thing um so I wish I, in hindsight, I'd probably yeah, do a bit more of the bit more of the the rural areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like Grand Canyon or like like you said Yosemite, like shit like that. I mean, yeah, it's cliche. It's cliche for a reason because those things are awesome. Yeah, like, exactly. Have you been to Yosemite? Nope, I've never been west of Chicago. <laughs> okay, I've, you're De- near Detroit, right, Michigan? Yeah, 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 yep, and. Um, I mean, I've been to, it's weird. Like I've been to Canada a couple of times and then I've been to China. I did, I went there for a study oh, nice. abroad, oh, yeah. cool. which was, which was wild. And I will say like, don't want to go back to be honest. It's like very, it was like an experience that I'm, I don't regret. Like I love it, but like if I could go anywhere in the world, like it wouldn't be China again. I'll tell you that. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the smog in the air is like so thick that like I thought it was clouds. Like really? there are certain days where like you look up the skyscrapers and you can't see the top of them. And I thought wow. it was just like a cloudy day and like the Is that Beijing. Like, yeah. Hey, right, yeah. Yeah. And the guide I was with was like, No, that's smog. I was like, Oh and like, Gee. you know, you everyone wearing face masks now for like coronavirus, like that it feels so weird, but like it feels like deja vu because like when I was in China, like especially seeing like the like the fashion masks and everything like that like <laughs> like masks yeah, make, are make such a, a normal statement. yeah so like ma- masks are such a normal part of their culture because of like the pollution and stuff that like they've already been like designed there's already like designs on them they make them like part of the outfit type of thing rather than like here where you're starting to see that um you know for those those listening cuz like everything's on a backlog so this this is like late July 2020 for people listening to this 
but yeah, like it's, it's at the point where like, it's so such a normal thing now, unfortunately here that like, you know, you start to see different designers making masks and things like that, which is just kind of bizarro world to be honest. But I also like, you know, you understand the need for it and everything, but just wild. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. You kind of got to that stage where we have faith, there are different fashion designs on face masks. Like even a year ago, you wouldn't have thought that it would, it would have, um, been a thing here but I right. guess nothing is predictable anymore what is it what is it like over there right now like are is like are masks mandated and stuff or they were as of today actually um oh really so it's yeah they july 24th uh the uk government said that if you're in a supermarket or a crowded area you you have you have to wear a um you have to wear a face mask um so yeah i mean the uk is still you know it's, it's still not in a great shape um but yeah so they, they, they've basically made face masks mandatory but the problem is uh, there's so much of the communication from from the uk government has been so all over the place we don't really know like no one really quite quite knows what the rules are in terms of social right. distancing and how you know how many people you're allowed in your house are you allowed people in your house how many people like you're allowed in your garden where you can and can't go like pubs are, and bars are opening but you're also yeah. not and also, I don't think you're supposed to have like a certain number of people in your back garden, which is like so. I can so I could be next to fifty strangers in a in a pub, but I'm not allowed to have a few friends in my garden. It's really weird. Yeah. There's no there's no clear there's no clear communication about it, which is definitely adding to the problem. Yeah, there's no consistency at all. Which it's like yeah. it's really weird. It's like the in, in terms of like death toll and like new cases per day, like right now like we're at an all-time high so it's just really crazy yeah that, a thousand like, cases a day in the u.s didn't it the other day y- yeah so it, like it doesn't really make sense that like like uh, two months ago we were freaking out like it was like mandatory shutdowns everywhere but like there's no real reason to open things back up and you know i'm not gonna like act like i haven't enjoyed things being opened up like i've been able to go and do things like i will go to a coffee shop and i always wear a mask you know just because mm. like i'm not one of those people that makes it a political thing because like that's such a big thing here in the states like if you if you don't wear a mask it's like a pro-trump political thing yeah i've heard yeah like if you object to masks you're pro-trump whereas if you don't if you're fine mask you're a democrat something like that isn't it yeah it's so stupid it it makes no sense but like yeah there's no it's like things are opening back up slowly here but there's like no real statistical reason as to why like no it's like they might as well come out and say it that it's just fatigue that is like causing them to yeah. open things up. Like, yeah, we're just sick of being closed. I'm like, okay, it, I don't know. It doesn't make. Well, a people, lot of that's sense. it. Like, that's like I noticed in the UK is that people before, like, people are getting bored. And but the thing is that obviously coronavirus doesn't doesn't just go away because people are bored. But people, right. you know, as of a few weeks ago, you know, you looked around, you know, you went for a walk, and you know, it's almost like things that. Like, lockdown has never happened and i understand that you know sort of sitting in your house for months on end is massively tedious and no one no one loves right. doing that but also you know like <laughs> yeah it doesn't phases, make you know like yeah it's it's just a bit odd but yeah, yeah. well I, I read i heard this like psychological um term for it it's called like normal normalcy bias where it's like this um psychological defense mechanism basically where like people are programmed 
to, you know, bias their, their views towards normalcy, because like, that's what makes them feel most comfortable, especially in, in like times of crisis. Mm. Because if, if, if we were constantly operating like mentally from a place of like, Oh my God, we're all in danger. Even if that is the case, like, the stress would be like, I mean, this is just a theory, but like the stress would be too much for us to handle. It's, you know, people would just collapse, you know? So it's like normalcy bias is like what allows people to like carry on and function. When yeah, that's how you make sense. It's a double-edged sword though, because like on the other side of it, you know, it's the reason why things are going to stay closed longer is because people don't want to act like, you know, this is an actual issue. So like, it's a problem, it, yeah. yeah, so it's just wild and it sucks because like on one hand like being musicians especially like if you're just like trying to like make money in the entertainment industry like on one <laughs> hand yeah. you, you want people to be safe and everything but then it's like it contradicts like your interest as a performer like you want to also be able to get back out there so like the best thing is just to like try to really push people to be responsible so that things can open up again you know because yeah, totally. It's about being as like sensible as possible now, because yeah, to just to expedite the process. You know, like as you say, there's no point going around pretending that nothing is an issue, and then this whole pandemic goes on for so much longer. It's you know, it's if people are safe and sensible and cautious now, then hopefully you know this won't go on for so long. Right. But, uh, yeah, can we go to, uh, Oh, sorry, mate. I can't really hear you. I think you're breaking up a little bit. Interesting. Oh, I was just curious, like what, like when you're here in the States, like what were some of the places that you enjoyed the most? I uh, really enjoyed, really enjoyed Boston. I thought that was really cool um really enjoyed philadelphia and really liked portland oregon oh, okay all places i've never been <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't do like... too much of michigan oh uh, you, did you go to michigan at all no no oh okay i think i flew right over it sorry <laughs> oh no dude it's all good i mean it's it's a lot better now than i mean michigan has always been kind of great but like the the main places like Detroit, I've definitely in like the last few years gotten way, 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 way better. Oh really? Yeah. Um like it it's just, you know, gentrification obviously. Like people, you know, money moving into the city essentially, uh makes, you know, you get more it just becomes it looks starts to look more and more like a normal city, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you know, it's still not the best. And like people in the media, you know, they make fun of Detroit. And it's just like, it's just a punching bag. And it's just like, all right, whatever. It doesn't right. bother me. I'm not even like, I don't technically live in Detroit, even though I do live in the area code, which is like a thing. Um, but yeah, like most of what's cool about Michigan, though, is like the scenery, like, you know, Lake Michigan, like the, the Great Lakes are awesome. Um, there's like a lot of, small cities like a suburban cities like ann arbor like birmingham and like royal oak different places like that that are honestly i think more fun to me than detroit or nicer than detroit 
Grand Rapids is like a really awesome city. I don't know. I don't need to give you the Michigan sales pitch. <laughs> no, it sounds good though. I mean, America had some absolutely incredible scenery. I'd say, you know, I, I, I'd say it's, yeah, it's scenery is better than the UK's in terms of just like, just beautiful backdrops, like the range the, and the range of the range of, um, the range of the scenery as well. You know, you can, anywhere you go in the country, it's, it's always, it's different. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's like the size of Europe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it, yeah. No, it really is. Yeah. So like naturally you're going to get a lot of like diversity, which, which is kind of like interesting. Like when people compare the U S to like other countries that like people love comparing the U S like in their problems to like Sweden or something. I'm like, you yeah. guys like Sweden's probably smaller than California. Like, you know how much easier it is to like organize a group of people, the size of one state, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, the, the po- yeah, exactly. The population is sort of, it's, you know, it's what, 10 million or something. Whereas, you know, I mean, that's just a fraction of the U S um, say, obviously, yeah, it's so much easier to, to manage to manage everything on when it's on such a much of a smaller, smaller scale. So yeah, it's definitely not a, not a fair comparison. Right. But uh, yeah, I won't say on that though. Cause once the more political I get, the dumber I'm going to sound. So I'll just like keep it on. But so like when you were here though, did you get to like see any shows? Yeah, I saw, um, I saw a band called say anything. And... Oh, I love say anything, dude. Yeah, they were one of my favorite bands. I saw them in Philadelphia at the uh, the Living Arts Living Arts Center, um, yeah. which was really really cool. So, so say anything. They're one of my favorite bands, and they never ever play the UK. Just, I mean, the last time they were here was I don't know, like 2014 or something. They just yeah, they never tour the UK. I, I, for some reason, I just don't think like the I don't think they have a massive audience here. Well, nowhere nowhere near as big as they would in the states. Um, right. And I was back in philadelphia um, my second time i was only there for like two weeks and i was talking to my friends and she said oh yeah say anything i'm playing just down the road um you know next week so i was like well, i've got to get tickets like, under any you know like, yeah. I, i've got to see them so yeah i got tickets right. and yeah, it was awesome man like they're, they're a band i've wanted to see for years as well and just because they never came to the uk i just never thought i'd ever ever see them so just to find out they were playing they're playing sort of you know a mile a mile a mile away within a few days was just brilliant yeah that and that was a really awesome gig i probably saw them four or five times like i remember oh, really? getting oh yeah like when is a real boy came out i oh, was such a good album. yeah i was i think it was like 2004 and i was yeah in middle school and uh that like it was right around the time i started playing guitar so like it definitely was one of the biggest influences on my playing style like at the time like all the music i wrote um in in high school was basically me trying to be max bemis like the (laughs) song structures like that's where i got originally like you know this this tendency to write such long songs like with meandering structures because like is a real boy it's like this operatic like five minute songs like like atypical structuring things like that like it really plays nicely with my ADD. So like it's, it's all over the place and so emotional. That, like, yeah, like I, yeah. Love I love it's seeing just, them live. They're, their songs, as you say, like the is a real boy. I mean, that's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I only got into them 
about five years ago. So I, I never really listened to them before. I just I just came across them on Spotify. I kind of heard of them. So I gave them a proper listen and I was just like, these guys are amazing. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the fact like the the song structures are so unique and they're so they're so original. I'm never I can't there's no other band within sort of the punk sort of scene that that is really like them. I mean they just got such a unique yeah tone tone to it all and everything like and the songs are written like stories and the different the different um, time signatures and the breakdowns it's just they're just so unique and uh, yeah that that is a real boy is just it's a proper work of art i think it really is oh yeah i think like one like the only album that i've heard not and i i'm gonna like prep for this i don't think it's like anywhere near as good as is a real boy but it's still good but it's just like comparing the two it just it's not fair to this album that I'm going to bring up because his real boy is real boy is so good. But, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, his album called worry. Oh um, yeah. Is that the one with nausea uh, I'm, on it? I'm not, it's the, um, I can't remember. Like the, I just recently got into Jeff Rosen. Well, Rosen's over the past, um, past couple of years. Um, and cause he was in bomb the music industry. wasn't he for a while. Yeah. 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 He was. It's like it's got the opening tracks called "We Beg to Explode." Um, oh yeah, it's it's just a really it, it it's kind of it's got that rock opera feel to it. It's like got that concept feel, and it's very like high energy. Like the the vocals kind of remind me of Max Bemis, like that angry sort of like growl. You know what I mean? Like a yeah, yeah. Vocal. So that album is like really good. That kind of reminded me of Is Real Boy a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because yeah, he Jeff Rosenthal has that unique quirkiness to his sound as well. Like, yeah, did we cool as that that album? I think I don't know if it was before that, before Worry or something. But yeah, he had uh, that, that's the one I've listened to mainly. And I thought that yeah, just his again like his his writing style and his voice and it, it's not you know it's not classically. I don't know. It's kind of it's not it's so quirky. You know, it's very yeah. offbeat, and very different, and very unique. And that's what makes it so cool is because actually there isn't i don't know any other musician who i'd be like oh yeah jeff rosenstock is exactly like him yeah because it's still got like he's definitely clearly rooted in punk music you know what I yeah mean? but it's it's got like all these different little like progressive uh like deviations from the norm of punk which oh yeah yeah like it is it is punk at its essence it's got that you know it feels like that sort of diy punk rock feel but yeah there's just something <laughs> something not right about it. <laughs> right, something, right. something just different and unique. Yeah, it's a like say anything. Like is a real boy. Yeah. So like, what? Like when you were here in the states, did you get a chance to like go to any DIY shows or like check out any of the DIY venues or anything like that? Um, not to be honest, not so much. Um, a lot of it was sort of just staying in hostels and just going out drinking for three months, really. Um, yeah. Seeing new cities um that was yeah that was kind of the main the main pri- main priority of the yeah. trip just to sort of okay. see see the country it's also probably wouldn't be the easiest thing to find it's not like it's not like diy venues are like speakeasies or whatever where you have to know a password to get in but like i i knew nothing about them until i started like specifically looking for them you know because yeah. it's like you, in order to like hear about a show you kind of have to like be friends with somebody or at least like know who to look into like on social media and stuff. And like, that's yeah, how yeah, I got totally. into it. yeah, it's not really the sort of thing that like, you easily stumble upon. Right. Right. Like, you have to go looking for it. Easier. 
Yeah, like in like Ann Arbor, like U of M, like has a pretty pretty good DIY music scene there because like there's a lot of different co op houses that host shows and like you go to one of those shows, you know, it's easier to meet people and network and connect with people who run like independent DIY venues and things like that. So it's but it's like it's like a hidden gem, you know. But like once you find it, it's like Pandora's box, you know what I mean? Like you you once you find it, like it's like I have I never have a problem like getting a show now. Like for yeah. And you know, I've played significantly more house venues than I have like actual like bars and stuff. Right, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Cuz there's so many of them, you know. Yeah. And what is the what is the kind of like the DIY like community scene whatever you want to call it what does that kind of look like in in the uk um so yeah it's it's, it's good it's going strong bristol was great for it um so a few years ago um i played you know it was like a friend because when i went to university in bristol i was at ue which is one of the unis here and kind of through through that met people other musicians and I mean, they were like put on warehouse gigs um Oh, sweet. Essentially, yeah, they'll just get basically just get a load of crates, put some plywood down, and yeah, just 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 have at it, really. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, so Bristol's a, a city in that it's known originally for its electronic music and uh, like and dub. I think I think it's dub. Yeah. Um, that 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 sort of thing, but because a band called Massive Attack is is from. They're, they're originally from Bristol. They really put Bristol on the map in the 90s. Um, and it's got like a massive electronic music scene. But the the DIY, you know, the DIY punk music scene is is definitely there, though. You know, it's it's still, you know, you can still go to venues and like all, all around the city. And, you know, there's some really good punk rock bands playing. Are there like people like hosting shows at their houses and stuff? Not so much. Um, not so much that um no it's ma- it's mainly in like bars and cafes but because it's got like, a, quite a there's a, there's several areas of Bristol that are quite um i guess you describe as bohemian you know there's they just yeah. turn like the basements of a cafe into like at night they'll that they'll turn that into oh, a music venue okay. which I, i've played at a few times i've played at a few of those and i've gone to see quite a few gigs at those like they're just like yeah they're not they're not bars they're not actual music venues they're basically they're, they're, they're just the yeah. basement of a business that they Same basically vibe yeah 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 exactly so they have they have a lot of that going on which is really cool and it adds a lot to the atmosphere as well yeah i think honestly like it if you get a good room it does but like sometimes like there's there's ups and downs to this diy thing because like i uh i've played a few shows where like you show up at like a coffee shop or something and there's this one in particular that like anyone who's like from my area is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, this is nothing to do like say about the people who work there because they're all great. They're all fantastic. And like, I appreciate them letting us play. It's just the room itself is like these super high ceilings and it's like attached to a church and there's no way to sound good in that room yeah. unless your sound literally is like inside a reverb tank. Cause like the ceilings are so high and like the walls are so like, and not soundproof that like, no matter what, it sounds like there's like a fuck ton of reverb on every. Yeah. You're playing it through. Yeah. Holy grail turned up to. Yeah. 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 Like, and I, I play with a lot of effects, you know, I play with like a lot of delay and reverb and stuff like that. Like 
I, I just almost didn't use any of it. I'm just like, oh my god, like I, this is just, if I if I add like reverb and delay to this, you're not even going to be able to hear like what the notes are. So yeah. like you know, and I, like I I'm gonna put a bunch of disclaimers on this because I'm really not trying to sound like above it or like ungrateful, but it's just like one of those things I guess that gives DIY its charm, you know, like you never know really what you're going to get the first time you show up to a venue. Like you don't know if like there's, I mean, I almost said you don't know if there's going to be a vocal monitor, but I can answer that question. There's not going to be a vocal monitor and no. you, you know, and, but you don't know like what the PA is going to be like, or if you're going to even be able to hear yourself singing yeah. like that. If you're going to get a sound man. Oh dude. Yeah. If you, <laughs> if you get a sound man, like <laughs> congratulations. <you know? laughs> I, but you know, sometimes you might get a sound man. You're like, "Are you really the sound man, or did they just put you? They just yeah. tell you, here's the mixer. Like, you want me to take a look at that?" Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've had a fair few of those. But it's like you know, God bless anyone willing to have host strangers in bands. You know, yeah, and definitely. Like, like it contributes to the culture and and you know the the yeah the, the and the environment of the city and stuff. So yeah, definitely, it's it's all a positive thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and like that being said, I, I I much prefer like from a if I'm really playing a show that feels important to me, like, and I'm I really want the audience to like hear the music and receive it the way like, as close to the way I want it to be received as possible. Like, I really want to play with a at venue, you know what I mean? Like at a bar, or, like a place that like has a sound system, you know? Yeah, Just because. I feel like, but that again, that's like I, I play like this like atmospheric sort of like art rock type thing where like the sound is a lot more important um, than like like heavy punk bands where it's like playing in a house where the sounds kind of shitty. Like it almost lends itself to the aesthetic of like a certain type of music. You know what I mean? So like if you're in punk and you're just screaming and it doesn't matter if you can hear yourself because it's about the energy and it's just like about like that sweaty sort of vibe, then like it's great you know so it, it it's got it, it varies from like band to band like show to show place to place you know what i mean and that's kind of like it keeps it interesting at the very least yeah totally that's yeah that's what it's about yeah but um any plans like ever do like have you ever gone on like any tours or anything like that um so i i've i've played quite a lot of gigs around the south of england over the years so basically i would kind of string up like a few dates next to each other in in different cities and stuff like that um no no real plans at the moment for obvious reasons um but it was just it was kind of weird trying to promote an album without being, being able to play a gig yeah but, so i've done i've done a lot i did a live stream last week um but yeah, I can't, I, I'm really kind of quite keen to get back to gigging soon. Yeah, I hear you, dude. Well, if you ever, uh, you know, once the world is normal and stuff again, if you can even even call the world normal at any point, uh, and you want to come out this way, you know, by all means, let me know. Like, I, I will, I could help you get shows in like the Detroit area if you ever needed, and you know, if you're ever back, like, if you wanted to come out on do a podcast in person that'd be sweet because i like to you know i'll i never say no to like a podcast from someone out of town because it's like always trying to grow the brand of the podcast you know what i mean i'm trying to like get listeners in the uk like that'd be sweet but yeah cool you know, thanks a lot man i really appreciate that yeah i'll bear that yeah. in mind yeah and uh you know it's like one of those things where, like that's kind of like speaks to the the ethics of like diy in general but it's kind of like a 
there's all, so many interactions where it's like a, I scratch your back, you scratch mine type of thing. So like I have bands from out of state a lot on the podcast where it's like, you know, I, a lot of times like they're coming to do a show here or they need a sh- help with a show. And so I'll help them out or something. And then they'll come on the podcast and like, you know, I'll, since I'm in a band too, like, you know, I'm like, Hey, the time will probably come where, you know, I might be in your city or something. So I'll hit you up. So, so I got a lot of IOUs. <laughs> so building that community pocket. though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just really cool. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'll wrap it up. There's probably things I forgot to ask, but like, you know, whenever, if you ever have like another album coming out or something, if there's ever something new to promote, just, you know, shoot me another email or something and we can set something up. Thanks man. Yeah. That sounds good. Cheers. Cool. All right. And also, um, last thing, if you want to send me, um, well, actually you already did, but if it's, oh, actually, if you send me an MP3 of like the single or something, I can put it in the episode if you want. If not, oh, I can just like yeah. bring people to it. But I, if, when people do that, I'll play them in the beginning of the episode, and then they'll hear the conversation. Yeah, please, man. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. Cheers. Cool. All right, dude. Sounds good. All right, I'll let you know when this is going to come out. It'll probably be in like a like a month or two, honestly, because I'm on a yeah backlog. That's, but that's cool, man. That's no there's no rush. I mean, next Friday my album's coming out, so I'm going to be promoting that and stuff anyway. So it would actually probably be better if you yeah if if this came out a little bit later because it's, it's not, I'm not just trying to, because obviously I want to promote this as well. Um, so I'm not, yeah, it, it will basically yeah. mean that I'll be able to spend more time promoting this, this podcast as well. So yeah, oh, that well. sounds good. Cool. 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 And there you have it guys. Um, thanks for listening to another episode of invite the neighbors. Um, you know, if you like this podcast, the biggest thing you can do to help us out would be to tell a friend about it, share the episode on social media, um, and or give us a follow, give us a rate or review, depending on your platform. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're really a big fan, you want to help us out on Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash invite the neighbors. And um, after the pandemic is over, which will hopefully be, you know, before I have children, uh, you know, we're going to start doing bonus content where we can do more in-person episodes and give you guys um, bonus content that's actually worth paying for, I feel like. Um, so that's it. Again, thanks for listening and stick around. Um, we have episodes pretty much every week. Sometimes I'm lazy and I don't do one a certain week, but for the most part, we do an episode every week. So that's why I'm saying follow us on Spotify so the, um, the episode will automatically go into your feed and you won't ever have to miss an episode of your favorite new podcast, Invite the Neighbors. Thanks, guys.